Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me by ordering the memoir of Brian Grant and his battle with young-onset Parkinson's called Rebound. If you know someone with Parkinson's or you know nothing about Parkinson's, you will want to read Brian's story. Order your copy on Amazon or visit your favorite brick-and-mortar bookstore to grab one. Are you a Kindle reader, audiobook listener? We've got those versions as well. Support Brian's foundation, which supports those afflicted with Parkinson's, and pick up your copy today. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram, at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives, that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA. And that is here. As I mentioned in the last episode, at some point, as some of you have requested, I will get into the teams I favor to battle for the conference crowns and show up in the NBA Finals next summer. A bit of foreshadowing. I don't see any runaway favorites. That already is a bit contrary, seeing as it seems a vast majority of fans and media already have the Brooklyn Nets and Los Angeles Lakers meeting to decide will be the next champion. I can't help but think that's because there's been so much noise generated by those teams. There are the proclamations by LeBron James and Russ Westbrook accompanied by videos and IG posts of the two of them working out, shirtless in some cases, in a full lather in others. And of course, there's the debate over Kyrie Irving and how he rates compared to Steph Curry, fueled by Kevin Durant suggesting Kyrie is the more talented of the two. Me, I like the teams that quietly go about their business. Teams that proved themselves pretty good last year and made subtle roster improvements that didn't grab a lot of headlines, but added complimentary players whose roles and personalities won't get in the way of the primetime players who were catalysts of last year's success. There are a couple of teams that did that this summer. It's going to be hard to give you the one-episode, one-subject format, in any case, that you usually expect from OTB. I'm going to try to limit myself to two subjects, but we'll see how it goes. To be perfectly honest, I'd love to drop in a few NFL topics, because... I watched an undue amount of football before recording this. The Patriots-Bucks game, of course, having 
talked about who needed to win more, Tom Brady or Bill Belichick in this showdown, and me having had to battle two former NFL players on Speak for Yourself, they firmly believing it was Tom Brady and me being just as convinced it was Bill. Now, of course, the debate will now be over whether or not Bill made a statement despite losing 1917. I believe he did. The heavy rain early and late in the game certainly contributed to keeping the score in the teens, but so did Bill's defensive play calling, as did his rookie quarterback, Mac Jones. I'm not going to go so far as to say Mac was the better quarterback because old man Tom prevailed and came through when he needed to. Perhaps the most head-scratching decision was in basically Belichick riding his young QB all game long, abandoning the running game early, not even looking to run bubble screens or a whole lot of quick slants, the passing version of a ground game. But with all the marbles at stake, and I know that's an antiquated reference. It was actually antiquated when I started my career. Anyway, Bill opted to attempt a 56-yard field goal in the rain rather than go for it on fourth and three. Even if the field goal, which had the distance but ricocheted off the left upright and bounced wide, had been good... I would have questioned the decision because that was a learning moment for his QB and a confidence-bolstering one. Letting Mac go for it would have been Bill saying, I trust you, Mac. And I'd say Mac earned that trust by giving the Pats a chance to win in the first place. But instead, Bill said the opposite. Even if the Pats hadn't converted the fourth down, I'd argue it would have been worth it for Mac's growth and Bill and Mac's relationship. And if they had converted it, now they've got a minute to put themselves in far more comfortable field goal range. But despite all the interesting football matchups, Seahawks, 49ers, Rams, Cardinals, Panthers, Cowboys, Steelers, Packers, I couldn't help but sneak a look at the first NBA preseason game, Lakers-Nets. Yeah, I'm sick. Or what was billed as Lakers-Nets. NBA TV not only televised it, they replayed it at least twice, and I'm not sure why. This was a glorified second and third team scrimmage, and maybe I'm overreacting, but it annoyed me. For those who were smart enough not to bother tuning in, Kyrie Irving, who is apparently still not vaccinated and whose availability remains a mystery even to the Nets, was not the only star missing from action. Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, Patty Mills, James Johnson, James Harden, and Joe Harris also were all DNPs. For the Lakers, there was no Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, Russ Westbrook, or Trevor Ariza, with Ariza the only scratch because of health reasons. I believe he has a sore ankle. And I know, I know, it's a preseason game. It's the first one. Who cares? And the Nets and Lakers are not alone. Paul George, Nick Batum, and Marcus Morris Sr. are not suiting up for the Clippers in their first preseason game Monday night against the Nuggets. The reason? Rest. This is not about me wanting or needing to see them play, by the way. I can be self-absorbed and self-centered at times, but I promise you that's not what annoys me about this. One, it's the fans who bought tickets to the preseason game. These are often fans, from my experience, who can't afford regular season tickets. 
To those fans, it's not just a meaningless preseason game. It's sometimes their one chance to see these guys live rather than on their TVs. And it's basically saying their money and fandom don't matter. That they're not important enough to put in a few minutes of work, provide a few minutes of entertainment. No one is expecting the stars to play the whole game or even half the game. And if it's just a glorified tryout for the end of the bench, don't charge admission. Why, why even make it a game? Two, it flies in the face of wanting to play and competing simply because you can. It tilts playing into something done strictly for business purposes. Am I really supposed to believe that these teams' chance of playing for a ring in June would be compromised if KD and company all put in 10-15 minutes? I'd argue it's the opposite. Why not put all your newly collected stars on the floor for a couple of five-minute stretches? Why wouldn't Russ and LeBron, James and KD want to do that? Why wouldn't Nash, Steve Nash and Frank Vogel want to get a glimpse of all that? As the last team standing, I'm perfectly good with the Suns or the Bucks slow rolling into the season, or certainly any player with injury issues, or guys who played in the Tokyo Olympics. But that doesn't apply to any of the guys I mentioned. And don't tell me healthy stars are risking any more chance of injury in a preseason game than they are in an open gym with casuals in the mix, of which we've seen plenty of video, or showing up to play in the Drew League or Rucker Park. Not when I have to read about how exhausted LeBron was when he sat down for a post-practice media session. It just feels like another step in the wrong direction for the NBA at large. A direction set already by regular season load management and minutes restrictions. It's almost as if, as if these guys don't like playing anymore. They've gotten to the point where they can take it or leave it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What underscores all this is that the Warriors have announced already that all of their available players will suit up for their first preseason game against the Blazers. That means Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, and yes, the newly vaccinated Andrew Wiggins, which we will get to in a minute. I haven't heard what the Blazers are doing, but I would expect Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum to be on the court at some point as well. And speaking of Andrew Wiggins, as expected... Whatever his principles and beliefs were that had him taking a stand against the vaccine were apparently not strong enough in the face of missing a few paychecks. So I have to ask, what was the point? I just, what I really don't understand is the lack of forethought. If, and if Wiggins didn't think it through, then, or that it would ultimately come to this, then certainly someone in his circle should have especially 
with the Warriors making the announcement, not Wiggins. We had to go through the exercise of seeing him sit at a podium and not answer questions about why he didn't want to be vaccinated, but in doing so, providing ammunition for all the regular Jills and Joes out there who don't want to get vaccinated, to then getting it because, again, because why? What changed? It's not unlike ESPN's Sage Steele saying she only got vaccinated because otherwise she couldn't have worked. So your opposition to the vaccine was what? Look, we all have to make hard choices when it comes to taking care of our families. I have to imagine all of you listening out there at some point had to work or fulfill duties that were not to your liking or required you to swallow your pride or personal desires. But you didn't present them, I'm guessing, as a case of your personal freedom being violated, as your employer not knowing what the hell he or she was doing, not respecting you as a human being. No, not expecting your, not respecting your rights as a human being. You might have groused about it privately, but you didn't take out an ad or post it on social media. Why? Because you wanted to get paid and you had made that choice. You wanted to take care of your families. It's pretty simple. You're either with the program or you're not. No one wants to see anyone publicly waffling and then pretending that it has to do with principles. That's not good for anyone. What I found truly laughable is the suggestion that Draymond Green telling everyone he wouldn't tell Wiggins what to do was some sort of noble stand a show of real leadership, as I believe ESPN's Jay Williams tweeted. I've always appreciated Draymond speaking his mind, but really? I'm fine with Draymond electing not to tell Wiggins what to do. That's his choice. But defending Wiggins' right to make a choice that affects a lot of people without explanation is something else entirely. Draymond's, Draymond's thoughts comparing it to him telling Andrew that he should be with his wife when she's giving birth to a child was a poor comparison. That is a choice that affects Andrew and his wife and maybe indirectly his teammates. But that's it. Sharing thoughts and being thoughtful are not the same. I don't want to get involved. That's his or her choice has never stood for leadership in my mind. It's the opposite. It's abdication. I'm not saying Green should have told Wiggins what to do. But if we're going to talk about leadership, and he had said, I've talked with Andrew and made sure he knows how important he is to us and how much we want him to be with us, but I also understand that he has his own decision to make as to whether he wants to be part of that. If his issues with being vaccinated are more important than that, well, if that's the case, then that's his choice to make. Draymond rambled about how people have different life experiences that inform their decisions and view on life and sort of intimated that that's why Andrew felt the way he did. And I believe that's true. People do have different life experiences. No, No one is perfectly objective. We're all subjective based on what our experiences have been. But when those life experiences create a flawed view, 
Leadership is not standing by and letting them make themselves look foolish. That's why people go to therapy, is to get the monsters out of their head or the mistaken beliefs, get those erased so that they can see things clearly. Leadership is finding out where everybody's head is at and finding a path forward that works for everybody. If Draymond knew Wiggins would eventually cave and there was no reason to make a big deal of his initial resistance, then he should have said that. He didn't have to say it directly, like Wiggins is going to cave, so this isn't a big deal. But he could have said that he had shared his thoughts with Wiggins and felt confident he'd eventually find his way to the right decision and that we should all give Wiggins the space to do that. Instead, Green threw out a tortured comparison that didn't really fit as if this were a moral issue that Wiggins was wrestling with. He defended his confusion as acceptable instead of something that needed to be resolved. Because if it was a moral issue, as was at one point intimated, then Wiggins made a choice in the end that suggests he sacrificed his moral or religious or scientific convictions convictions to get paid. He was essentially bought off by the NBA's declaration that players missing games because of their vaccination status would not get paid. And if it was for any other reason why he was doing it and then why he was not doing it or why he didn't want to get vaccinated and then ultimately did, well, his not explaining either leaves it open to interpretation for all of us. And it was both smart and depressing on the NBA's part in terms of how they played it. Smart because by making the announcement the players would not get paid for games missed, it took the onus off the individual teams. And it was depressing because the NBA knew, absolutely knew, when it came down to it, any convictions the players had would give way to getting paid. That's a very cynical perspective. Unfortunately, it's proved to be an accurate one more times than not. And I can't help but think of Vince Carter's decision way back when, when he flew to North Carolina to graduate from the University of North Carolina to take part in the graduation ceremonies on the morning of the Toronto Raptors playoff series against the Philadelphia 76ers. Not playoff series, but game seven of that series. Vince wasn't missing the game. As part of a family of educators, he felt celebrating one of the biggest moments of anyone's education was the statement he wanted to make. And he made it after considerable thought. But he wanted to show that he wasn't just a basketball player, that he valued being more than just a basketball player, and he thought that was an important message to send to everyone, not just basketball fans. He also felt he owed it to his family. And he told everyone all that out front. He didn't hide behind, it's a private matter. Yet, he was roundly criticized for that decision by teammates, by former players, by media. After the fact, not while he was considering it. He actually stood up for his convictions and took the hit for it. But that's where we are. Player empowerment, the ability for players to choose where they play 
and who they play with and play for is now being viewed as free reign to make all sorts of choices and neither be subject to consequences nor have to explain them. Choices that affect people outside the realm of the NBA. This is not advocating that players just shut up and dribble, not at all. But I feel as if what we're moving toward is the idea that players expect or should be allowed to say whatever they want because they are expert at dribbling and shooting and that that expertise reflects a general expertise and that players will defend each other's right to say whatever they want because of their shared expertise in dribbling and shooting and I suspect so that they have the right to say whatever they want. I feel as if that's what Draymond was doing with Wiggins. I feel as if Kevin Durant and James Harden have been doing that with Kyrie as well. And I no more believe that or believe in that than I do the blue line or any other code of secrecy meant to protect its members from repercussions for doing or saying the wrong thing. And if anyone is thinking, well, who is to say what they're doing or saying is wrong? You're right. There is no way unless the person tells us which is why taking a stand against a policy or defending someone's right to take a stand against a policy without requiring that they say why they're doing so, especially when it affects others, isn't standing up for freedom or personal rights. It's standing up for the license to do the wrong thing and get away with it. Someone once said to me that we're only as sick as our secrets. I believe that to be true in everything. And if you can think of an exception, I'd be happy to hear it. Man, I did not expect to wind up here when I started this episode. But as I said, here we are. I hope this didn't become too philosophical or cynical. And I promise to lighten up in the next episode. But that does it for this episode of on the ball on the united we cast network please rate and review the show on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts in the in the next episode well i've said it before i'll say it again a lot going on in the nba and with nba preseason games i guess so maybe we'll take a look at exactly what happens in that blazers warriors game or see if there's anything else that comes up that catches my attention in training camp. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.